2: of Happy Hour with Bobby DePaul, who joins us courtesy of the Bobby DePaul Charities and the Walking with Anthony Foundation and Bobby D, as we always do. Please tell us about the song. Last year, the show stopped in Cincinnati. This week, the
1: Ravens travel back to Cincinnati, and, and you know they have some key players banged up that might not play. Coach Harbaugh will tell us the season moves on. Next man up because it don't stop. So let's talk some Ravens football
0: all right brother um not a great week one for the Bengals particularly their offense obviously Joe Burrow missed the whole preseason with the calf injury how big of an issue do you think that was what did you see from the 55 million dollar quarterback last week
1: I said it last year I'll say it again this year week one is the veterans preseason game The league expanded to 17 games, so the Vets use week one as their warm-up game, and that's just the reality of the NFL right now, and you see it across the league. We saw penalties and sloppy play last week with the Ravens, and the Bengals went on the road to Cleveland and played a sloppy game themselves. In terms of Joe Burrow and his calf injury, you know, having an impact on his play, I saw no glaring limp. Joe moved around like the old Joe Burrow, running for his life. (laughs) What I think contributed to the poor offensive performance was a combination of the wet weather, and Joe struggles to grip the wet football guy's nine-inch hand. In comparison, C.J. Stroud has a 10-inch hand. Poor pass protection played a role, and little to no running game to lean on played a role. By the way, the weather report, is calling for 30% chance of rain showers in Cincinnati Mm. for Sunday's game. So Ravens fans should be, you know, going to look out for some rain and watching Joe Burrow's grip if it does rain. The most glaring thing that stood out to me was the loss of tight end Hayden Hurst. Now we've heard that here before, huh, Jason? Mm, I used to talk about it. Hayden Hurst signed with the Carolina Panthers in free agency and the Bengals signed tight end Irv Smith from the Minnesota Vikings to replace him. It's not close. Irv Smith's short 6-2. He's not a seam or red area threat. And he's got a small catch radius with easy drops. It's obvious to me Joe Burrow doesn't like him. He's the last guy in Joe's progression throwing the ball. Hayden Hurst, you know, he had that size with a huge catch radius. He could threaten the seam, the red area. He caught the attention of the safeties. Irv Smith doesn't have that type of presence in the middle of the field, and that's good news for the Ravens' secondary.
2: Bobby D., rough day for the Bengals' upgraded offensive line. Raven for life, Orlando Brown Jr. did not have a great day, but we know the Browns' defensive line can be really nasty. Where and how do you think Mike McDonald should attack them?
1: The number one thing Mike McDonald will want to do is pressure Joe Burrow up the middle. Anytime you face a pure pocket passer, you want to make him move off that launch point. The last thing Mike would want, you know, to have happen is to allow Joe Burrow, you know, feel comfortable throwing from the pocket. Very similar to what I said last week against Texans CJ Stroud. Both Ravens inside linebackers, Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen, will be heavily utilized this week to rush up the middle. You know, I think we saw a little bit of it again last mm-hmm. week. Uh, for the Ra- uh, for the Bengals, uh, their left tackle, you know, former Raven, uh, Orlando Brown, he struggled to handle both Miles Garrett. Now he's a freak of nature. We all know that. Yeah. And former Ravens, Zendarius Smith. And he really looked like a fish out of water, it's, you know, it's, at times. Not good. Uh, but, you know, he didn't have to face that type of player this week. Jonas Williams, on the, you know, has been moved to right tackle. And he struggled also against both those guys. So I got to believe the the Bengals will try to get the ball out quicker and let their guys run after the catch. The philosophy for the Bengals is to get the ball out quick and let the guys run. Last week, Cleveland did a great job handling the Bengals RPOs. That's that run Mm -hmm. pass option, which is a big part of their package by forcing them to run the ball. The Browns, you know, they did this by keeping less players in the box. The reefer, for the quarterback, when he, you know, when he has that pre-snap read, count how many guys in the box. If there's one guy vacated it's cover the slot guy, he's going to stick the run in there. And that's what they were doing. They were baiting him to run the ball. Maybe that's something the Ravens mm-hmm. will do, you know, since it was so successful last week. Get this, fourth Joe Burrow, the $55 million man, to hand the ball off rather than throw to Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd.
0: Bobby, we've had a big debate all week. They started talking up Geno Stone the moment that Marcus Williams went down. I thought that was odd considering they took a do-everything safety 14th overall a year ago. So how would you deploy this secondary? Should Kyle Handles, Hamilton be the next guy up at free safety? If Marlin's not there, who are you putting where, and how are you scheming this up?
1: You forgot about Denard Wilson coaching these guys up, didn't you? Ah, <laughs> oh, maybe I underestimated it, sure. <laughs> I think the
0: Ravens will
1: definitely want to keep the save, you know, the safeties deep in that umbrella look, no different than what they did last year in the wild mm-hmm. card game. Like I said earlier, keeping less guys in the box forces Joe Burrow, you know, crosses his hand to hand it off. I mean, that's just the number count. That's what it is. The Ravens safeties' big job this week will be to, you know, to stay deep. But when they do come up to support the run. They must be able to tackle, not only in support of the run, but also to stop those short bubble screens mm-hmm. and quick slants to Jamar Chase. The Bengals actually broke out a wrinkle last week against the Browns by running a four-wide receiver set package with no tight end. The Ravens are fortunate. They have so much speed at inside linebacker and can possibly keep their nickel in the field. The Ravens could go dime, but they're thin at safety and corner, as we all know. In terms of Kyle Hamilton playing deep free safety, remember, the Bengals like to throw short. So to me, I would want Kyle Hamilton closer to all the action and putting him deep just takes him away from his playmaking ability. I think the Ravens, you know, will keep doing what they have been doing and play a game between Hamilton and the Darius Washington lining up in the nickel position. Last week after Marcus Williams went down, yeah, you're right, Geno Stone came into the game. So that shouldn't change. The only other option for the Ravens is to add Kayvon Seymour into the mix, playing him at corner and sliding Brandon Stevens to either safety or dime linebacker, especially if the Bengals stick with this four wide receiver package and Mike decides he wants to blitz it. You know, if he blitzes it, he can't have a linebacker covering down and covering the slot guy like Jamar Chase. He's going to need a dime linebacker. Brandon Stevens may be that guy.
2: Talking to Bobby DePaul, it's Inside Access here on The Fan. Bobby D., why can't the Bengals run the football? Been a problem since the start of last year. You know, that's an interesting, very interesting question. I say that because the
1: Cincinnati Bengals have played in the last two AFC championship games, and they faced the Kansas City Chiefs, who have now hosted the last five championship games at Arrowhead Stadium. When you think about these two teams, you don't think about them running the football. You think about them throwing the football. I think both these teams throw the ball to set up the run, and that's their philosophy. That's who they are. Pass to set up the run, and how can you argue with that philosophy Mm -hmm. when both have been so successful? I actually think my man John Harbaugh and the Ravens organization listened to their CEO, Lamar Jackson, and decided to make the move to Ty Bunkin and adopt that same pass to set up the run philosophy. Why? Because if you can't beat them, join them, guys. That's what they did.
0: Okay, well, let's uh, switch gears and move to the other side of the ball, ultimate football guy. We thought the Ravens' offensive line was quite problematic even before Stanley and Linderbaum went down. Interested to know how they graded out for you. And I'm going to ask this question again, and I think I know what you're going to tell me. But I'm going to ask it anyway. Given the offensive line issues, and and given that it's only game two for this operation, and given that they've run the ball down the Bengals' throats in the past, should Todd Munkin at least consider a ball-control-based approach to this game and more carries?
1: You obviously didn't get the directive from I the did. CEO, LeBron Jackson. <laughs> I'm, just, okay. I'm just
0: asking another query. <laughs>
1: Okay, when I looked at last week's game, the Ravens' interior offensive line outperformed by shutting the Texans' interior pass rushers down and held them to only one quarterback hurry and no sacks. That was a great performance, especially from right guard Kevin Zeitler. The offensive tackles were roughed up, but Will Anderson Jr. is a freak. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned last week, Morgan was, you know, he would have his hands full, yeah. and he did. What we didn't expect, Was the success of Jonathan Grenard on the other side uh, going up against Ronnie Stanley? But again, it was a sloppy week across the league. So, you know, in my mind, just leave it the way it is. Think of it as a preseason game for the vets. Here's the bottom line if Ronnie Stanley can't play, Patrick McCarry is one of the better backup left tackles in the National Football League. He's played a lot of football and he's earned that reputation. If Tyler Lindenbaum can't go, Sam Lustifer is a veteran player acquired in the off you know, in the offseason mm. to be his replacement. The Ravens were prepared for this situation and it's next man up. Is it good enough? Well that's why you play the game and we'll find out. Here's some good news. When I watched the successful Cleveland Browns rushing attack against the Bengals last week, the best runs were inside and outside zone runs. Mm. And that's the bread and butter mm. of the Ravens rushing attack. So that was that's very encouraging for me to see. Ravens fans should feel good about Mr. Inside the bus, Gus Bus Edwards, okay? And Mr. Outside, Justice Hill. We already said he looked like J.K. Dobbins. So I expect him to just play his game and protect the football. The Bengals front seven is very physical. The Ravens interior offensive line have another big channel. in defensive tackles, B.J. Hill and D.J. Reader. These two guys are highly underrated, folks. Bangle, you know, Bengals, inside linebackers, both of them, Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt are also mm-hmm. physical and quick to fill, so the Bengals have a nice combination of size and speed inside. The philosophy of running inside-outside zone runs worked last week because the steam forces the defenders to run laterally Taking away their stoutness at the point of attack. You know, when you run right at them, they're strong. But when you take them laterally, it weakens them. The Ravens' offensive tackles will face power rushers this week, not to speed the power like we talked about Uh last week. Both Bengal edge rushers, Trey Henderson and Sam Hubbard, they love to bull rush. So anchor ability is a must and pass protection this week.
2: Okay, let's get to Lamar Jackson. What would you think of him last Sunday? Did he look comfortable, not a lot of options stuff, no design runs, or was this all more of a function of not having Mark Andrews?
1: If you recall last year, we talked about the lack of Lamar Jackson runs in the opener at the New York Jets. What we saw last Sunday was very similar, and the staff probably wanted to limit exposing Lamar and just wanted to ease him into the season. It's a long season, and we all know Lamar has struggled to stay healthy late in the year. Do I expect some Lamar runs this week? No doubt about it. It's a division opponent, and the first goal for the team and the organization is to do what? Win the division. Winning on the road against the two-time defending AFC North champion Cincinnati Bengals is a big game. This is a game for the Ravens to measure themselves against the best in a hostile environment. Keep in mind the Ravens offense has a revenge factor this week because of that fourth quarter fumble at the Bengals goal line in the wild card game. Trust me. That return for a game-winning touchdown was touch. You know that was tough for me to watch again this year. I wanted to puke. Okay, <laughs> no. like everybody else, I relived it. In terms of Bark Andrews not playing last week, it definitely had an impact on Lamar. The tight end is the quarterback's best friend in the NFL. Look no further than what we talked about earlier with the Cincinnati Bengals losing, Hayden, you know, losing Hayden Hurst, and what I said about you know his loss. Okay, at least Lamar gets his guy back. Eagles don't have an option unless things turn around for Irv Smith. You know, I'm not a big Charlie Kohler fan. I don't know about you. He wasn't impressive last week. He showed me nothing today. Uh, I think uh, our man Isaiah Likely, he's just not a fit in this offensive scheme with all the weapons at wide receiver right now. Mm.
0: The Ravens have a lot of weapons, guys. Well, Bobby, we didn't see them deployed deep very much all summer. I think between the three of us, we probably saw at least probably 10 preseason practices. There wasn't anything going on there. We didn't see it in the, in the exhibition games yes, uh, yesterday. Sunday, one ball traveled over 20 yards in the air. Does that concern you at all? Does it matter? Is this the week to even try that stuff?
1: I mentioned earlier that I went back and watched last year's wild card game, and the Ravens really should have won that game. Yeah. But the thing that stood out to me on offense was the lack of weapons, the lack of light bulbs on that damn book, you know, Christmas yeah. tree. It was a dead passing tree with nobody that could light up the scoreboard and the Ravens still should have won that game. The receivers in that game were Sammy Watkins, Demarcus Robinson, James Fourchet, and Andy Isabella. Record crew. Not not one of these players is on the Ravens act, you know, active roster right now. Not one. This is embarrassing, you know, they don't even talk about. Saying that, I do expect the Bengals to play their umbrella zone coverages and mix in that, you know, that nickel blitz with, you know, Mike Hilton coming mm-hmm. off the edge. I don't think they change, but the Bengals basically, you know, they have a new secondary. The Bengals have two new safeties, Nick Scott, Dax Hill, and a new cornerback, you know, in the mix this year, second round pick from Michigan, DJ Turner. Turner's quick as a cat. I did him in college. I did him in the first week last week, but he plays smart. He doesn't have great ball skills. The Bengals elevated last year's first-round pick, safety Jax Hill, another Michigan kid, yeah. but he looks the part, especially in man coverage. The other safety, like we mentioned earlier, number thirty-three, Nick Scott, he could be taken advantage of. So you might, you know, you might get a bunch of deep balls this week, and uh, you know, especially if he plays the post. He, you know, he doesn't usually, you know, play the post, mm-hmm. but when he does. He just doesn't have the skill set, and and I'm telling you, this is a situation. You know, we've heard Tom Munkin talking about giving Lamar controls. If if I'm the quarterback, based off the tape that I saw last week, I'm going to check with me pre-snap read, and I'm taking a shot right. If I'm running a post deep post, I don't care who it is. Zay Flowers, you got three guys that yeah. can do it. Now, o- o- Odell Beckham Jr., Zay Flowers. And Rashad Bateman. Any one of them sticking deep will go right on him and turn him like a dot. Okay? Uh, usually he's in there, you know, and, and here's how I know what they're doing because they obviously he's a strong stage, he's a box player. They don't like his man cover skill, so what do they do? They switch him up. Dax Hill comes down, takes his tight end, running back responsibly, and they line him up deep. That's how I know, and you should see it pre snap. I see another weakness with the new you know corner uh, who. You know, he's out there, his name is Cam Tyler Britt. You know, he struggles when he plays in off coverage, deep to short. You know, and he gets he stumbles, he gets caught on his pedal. You know, he doesn't doesn't have that quick plant, plant and and come forward. So I see. You know, this is where Zay Flowers can work the outside running lane. That's outside the members over by the uh, you know, over by the sideline. Rashad Bateman looks really good to me. You know, I'd like to see him get some more touches. But you take him up the stem, and then you run. Deep outs, deep comebacks, deep deep turn ins. And that this guy's like five yards off, so it, it could be pitch and catch. We'll see how that works out. The Ravens have the weapons this this year to light up the scoreboard guys. So I have high expectations. Anything less is a disappointment to me. Bobby D, any other observations? You know I have observed many, but <laughs> we'll just keep this to about three. Okay. I I I got three today. Okay. <laughs> The Bengals have a rookie punter, six-round pick, Brad Robbins. Last week, he averaged 37.4 yards net. Now, it was raining, so, you know, we'll mm-hmm. see what happens. But they're calling for rain showers again this week, so we'll see how it happens. what happens. In comparison, Ravens punter, Jordan Stout, averaged 49.8 yards net against the Texans. That's a big swing in field position, guys. That's like almost 14 yeah. yards. Number two, in addition, the Bengals have a rookie punt returner they picked in the fourth round, Charlie Jones, out of Purdue. But he is nothing compared to last week's take, though. Driving the ball deep down the middle of the field is probably something you want to do because you want to force him to field it and try to return it because the Ravens might get an opportunity to get, you know, get a recovered fumble. Ooh. Okay. All right, number three, be prepared to be entertained this week because the head referee for Sunday's game is Sean Hockley. The oh, son guns. of Ed Hockley. And guess what, folks? The apple doesn't fall far from the tree with the family tree in the officiating business either, just like coaching family tree. The Ravens' pass rushers need to be very conscious when they go after your quarterback, Joe Burrow. You can't be late on any contact after the ball is out of his hands. It's real simple. Okay, there you go. So you, you know, this, <laughs> believe me, this head family, uh, head referee family tree protects the quarterback. So be, be alert. Now, here's the good news. For some reason, with this crew, when they handle, you know, when you look at the statistics, the visiting team actually has a way better than average chance to win the game. This crew's visiting win percentage averages 50% in 2022 and 52% in 2021. The overall average for all crews and average away win percentage is only 42%. So you can see the spread there. So that's good news for the visiting Ravens fans, uh, you know, for the Ravens this week.
2: Bobby D, let the people know about Bobby DePaul Charities and the Walking with Anthony Foundation.
1: Bobby DePaul Charities is a proud supporter of the Walking with Anthony Foundation, a charity organization on a mission to provide help to kids who struggle from unexpected hardships. Together, this team is committed to giving back while helping deliver financial aid assistance or equipment to those in need. The month of September is Spinal Cord Awareness Month. So if you want to help me help some kids please go online to www.walkingwithanthony.org and make a donation. Again, that's www.walkingwithanthony.org. And thanks in advance for all your support. I just want to give a shout-out to uh, one of my bosses, Thomas Demetrios, over at Sumer Sports, a new up-and-coming tech company, for supplying me with all this great technology nice. so I can come on the air and actually tell you what's going to happen.
2: Bobby D, awesome as always, man. Thank you so much. All right, guys. Get ready for happy hour. (laughs) (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget.